Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, my man, Bob Huggins. And I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. You can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham is spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn, just Alex Meacham. Also on Snapchat, at BigMeach41. And we're in season two. So folks, you know what's going down. I'm on TikTok now. All thanks to my producer, Stu Holt, who's good. in the building. Very good, very good. Um, Stu, this yes. is your fault. I'm on TikTok. I'm, 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 I'm excited for you. This is opening up a whole new lane. A whole new atmosphere for you, Meach. I'm excited. Okay. I'm excited. I've got to, I've got to kind of have like a, a strategy mm-hmm. of videos I will release on TikTok. Is it going to be dance? I don't know. I've seen you dance. What do you think? Oh, you saw the, the wedding. I've seen at- the legendary <clears throat> wedding video. Well, let me take well, what had happened was um, I was at my good friend Jamal Lucas. Um, who actually played for the Bearcats and works okay. for uh, the, the Jordan brand company now, it was at his wedding. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul was there. Mm-hmm. Um, Gentry Humphrey, one of the presidents of the Jordan company, was there. And they kept giving me, they, they told me they were uh, adult sprites, I think it was, or like <laughs> I didn't know what, what I was I was drinking. And all of a sudden, <laughs> a soul in. train line. And, you know, you can't, you're at a wedding, you've had a couple adult sprites, you can't pass up the Soul Train line. Yeah, and you but, saw the, you saw the video. The video wasn't no Soul Train line, though, man. It was just it, you. Well, okay, it was just you. It was just you and people around you looking like okay. So no, no. Here's what happened: the Soul Train line. Then, then it it kind of um, I don't know the, the word I'm looking you. for. It, it disintegrated. Just you, Everybody and else is just became, talking, and t- t- it became. Well, can I, I? I can tell you a little bit of a, a small detail behind that that okay. dance routine. Okay. Um, when I did the the front kind of flip to the split, my pants actually split. Mm. So, I, <laughs> so I end up I had to end up on the way home throwing those pants away. Mm. I literally threw them away on the way home. You should have framed them. I. They were that you you couldn't. They were done. They were they were officially finished, Stu. They were finished. Yeah, when you did those splits, I was like, I, I didn't know what to think. I didn't know what to think. But in other in other news, uh huh. In other news, yeah. you know, I saw you walk in here today. Yeah. And uh, I thought you had went to Chipotle and got, <laughs> <laughs> and got some guacamole and chips. But I was like, mm-hmm. I don't remember them selling it in these type of jars. But and then there was a straw. So I need you to explain to us what's going on right now. All right. So the explanation is this. So one of the boxing gyms that I go to, uh, shout out Cincinnati Fitness Boxing CFB, which is uh, on Spring Grove, right down the street from UC. Okay. And it is actually one of the homes to the UC boxing team. So the UC boxing team trains out of CFB and. So I've been going there. I've been boxing for, got 12-some years now. 
And one of the owners, Ben Schneider, very good friend of mine, he comes to me one day and he goes, hey, man, I've been doing this uh, like weekly like juice thing. He's like, you should try it. And you know me, I'm, I'm all about the fitness stuff. And he goes, well, you, you've got to drink nothing but these juices for one week straight. No, you know, it's kind of like a cleansing. No, no solid foods, nothing. So I've done it twice now. And um, I just said, you know, every occasionally I'll make some of the shakes or the juice that uh, that's part of that kind of that week long cleansing. Mm. So I did one today and I brought that in. Um, have you ever done a, a, a cleansing no. or any type? Mm-hmm. You, you you don't look like that's ever going to happen. Yeah. And no. no, it's not happening. So. I will tell you, it is um, it is mentally challenging. You know, physically is one thing, but like, so, so that's I, all you eat. That you don't eat nothing, or oh, there's there's no food. It's all so I'll have um, a juice that's all cucumbers. Um, this one in particular has um, three apples in it, cucumber, um, almond protein avocado so hence the the look of guacamole oh okay but here's the thing about it like the first day you do it it's just five straight drinks and you're like okay i'm cool i'm tough right think Mm -hmm. i'm tough second day you're like oh this is this is this is challenging Mm -hmm. third day you start to man like Every food place you drive by, you can smell exactly what's on the grill <laughs> in that particular. Like I drove by, I was in Hyde Park here in Cincinnati. For those that are out of town, I drove by Hyde Park and they've got that Buskins. Mm. Man, I smelled the cookies, bro. Mm. The ones with the smiley face. Oh, I can smell them from my car on Edwards Road, mm. like at the stoplight. Mm. And, and you know the other thing too, when you're doing this, you notice every food commercial <laughs> and like i'm not kidding you one time there was like a <laughs> there was an applebee's commercial and i paused it <laughs> i was like look at the sizzle look at the of the, sizzle? Of the, chick, of the chicken fajita <laughs> like you get oh day four though day four you're almost near the finish line mm-hmm. but day four messes with you mm. i had a nightmare on day four <laughs> Stu, in my nightmare i was getting chased i'm not making this up down the street <laughs> by a rotisserie chicken you did not get chased on a rotisserie chicken wearing some chicken. jordans wearing some jordans why well, was wearing some jordans <laughs> what else is it gonna wear <laughs> throwing pizza at me like a frisbee this, I'm, I'm, Stu, I can't make this up to you. This stuff is so <laughs> mentally. When I finished day five of this, so that's 25 total juices. Man, I had to celebrate. I had a large Dewey's pizza. I had a big pint of graters. I went in. And some Jordans. <laughs> and I, was, I was wearing Jordans. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is. Uh, you should try it at least, at least one time, and you're. I don't want to be chased by nothing, man. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't want to be chased by nothing. I don't want to be pausing commercials. I don't want that. Didn't sound that don't sound it's, too. It's uh enticing. It's de- it's definitely tough. But you know what, um, <laughs> Stu, I want to get your opinion on this. Okay. Uh, last night, the Lakers yes closed out the uh, NBA Finals. Yes. They beat the Heat in six games. Yeah. Uh, a couple things I want to talk about with that game in particular. Um, one. Did the series go the way you thought it would go? Actually, I thought it would be six. I told people six. Now, how it went to get to six, it didn't go like I thought. Yeah. I told people that I thought the Heat was going to steal game one. That was my honest opinion. I thought that they was going to come out on fire and they was going to steal game one. They didn't. So after they lost game one, I was like, ooh. Bad, too. And then and then two, right? They lost game two as well, right? And so it was two zero. They they played really bad. I think that wasn't the first game. The first game they they got smacked. Yeah, they got smacked because I made some bets with some players, and I told them like, "Hey, he's gonna win game one." And then I looked at the daggone thing on your phone. They was down twenty five points. Mm. I was like, "Wow." Mm. Wow. And then a crazy story, too, is I made another bet of LeBron having less than uh, 25 points. Mm-hmm. The man had exactly 25, 25 points. points. Yep. I almost threw my phone. You you bet on that. I you bet said on he less than, less than 25. Not 25 or less. Less, less than 20. You lost. I lost by one point. And, and, and I'm going to tell you what. Jimmy Butler was fantastic. Amazing. You know, I'm going to say this. He he really does. He reminds me of an old school Bearcat player, mm. and here's why: because you know Bearcats are known for that mental toughness, that defense, the scrappy. Yeah, and, yeah. And yep. and he, I'm watching this. I'm like, Bob Huggins would have loved. Oh, this dude. Yeah. I I wish he would have been a Bearcat. He yeah. he just he was fun to watch. Um. Now there, there's, we, and we've got to talk about this because I know you're gonna probably agree with me. Um, LeBron has the basketball mm. to win the game, right? Mm. He drives to the basket. Mm. He then gets surrounded by three Heat players, and he passes the basketball out to a wide open Danny Green. Now. Anybody will tell you in the basketball world, the right play when you get double or triple teamed is probably to pass the basketball to the open player. Mm -hmm. However, there are certain times and situations when the best player in the world, the best player on the court, needs to shoot the basketball. Stu, in your opinion, in that situation, should LeBron James have passed the basketball to Danny Green. No. Here's the thing. And okay, in that situation, being triple team, yes, that is the right play to make. My thing is he should have made sure he should have prevented getting triple team. He drove into a triple team. Dive into that because I'm I'm with you on this. And see, LeBron gets praised for his IQ. Therefore, he knows if he attacks the rim like that. He's going to get triple team. They're going to collapse on you. Absolutely. And force you to pass it to somebody who ain't made a three <laughs> in a very long time. Like, th- th- that's just, that's good defense on their part. Yep. Right? 
I've seen LeBron drive and get fouled and draw a foul and dunk on people even when they're there. But even so, what I saw was what happened before he even drove the basketball. It was one-on-one coverage, yep. him versus Jimmy, for the game. For the game. For the championship. For the finals. For the trophy. In the Mamba jerseys. In my mind, I'm like, Lakers main guy, Heat main guy. One-on-one. What a better time to channel Mamba mentality. Mamba mentality. You got the jersey. You know what? I was so mad. I was like, yeah, but... Now, you're a Lakers fan because of Kobe Bryant. Because of Kobe. Kobe is my favorite athlete of all time. Somebody I looked up to when I was a kid. Killer instinct. Killer instinct. And the rest of us super Kobe Laker fans was like, you got to shoot that. You got... You got to be the one to take the shot. That's what we're used to. Our main guy, if it's in his hands, we feel good. Yep. Win or lose, whatever happens, we yep. feel good. We're not okay with Smush Parker taking the shot. <laughs> we're not okay with Kwame Brown getting the rebound right. and throwing the ball out of bounds. Right, right. That would not happen. The opportunity for that to happen would not exist. Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant would have never passed the basketball to never. Danny Green. I'm not even sure what percentage Danny Green has been shooting to that point but something you said (laughs) lebron does have a very very high iq in that situation that's a very low iq decision it is and part of me believes that he drove into triple coverage on purpose yeah i mean i'm I'm sure he didn't do it on accident surely not not to go right and and the thing (laughs) is as he's driving as he's going to his right before the double came and eventually he goes into the triple he could have stepped back and shot a little fadeaway Mm -hmm. that would have been it on duncan robinson duncan robinson that's the thing why would you not rise up on him and you know Growing up a Michael, I mean, obviously I think Michael Jordan's the goat. Um, I love LeBron too. I mean, I mean, I'm a big fan of LeBron. Uh, you know, I'm not one of those guys that doesn't enjoy the great things that he's doing on the court, and probably the even greater things that he's doing off the court. But there's something to say when I was a when I was a young guy growing up, Michael Jordan was so magical that when he had the ball in his hands at the end of the game. I just knew he was going to win the basketball game. Yeah. I, I just knew it. I don't feel that when LeBron has the ball in his hands that he's going to, you know, win the game the way those guys did. No. You know, and, and it's one thing to pass the basketball when you're double teamed or triple teamed to Robert Ory, who Robert Ory is like late game killer. He he's going to make that shot. Big shot Rob, did they call him that? Big shot Bob. Bob, Bob, yeah. You, you've got John Paxson. You've got Steve Kerr, who, I mean, if you watch The Last Dance, Michael Jordan told Steve Kerr on the bench, yep. you better make this shot. I'm going to kick your ass when yeah. we get out of here. <laughs> and, and, but he told him this is what's going to happen. You know, He had the foresight. Um, that basketball IQ, to know that's going to happen. And, and he trusted those guys to make those shots. Here's the difference, though. When MJ passes it to Paxton or Steve Kerr, when Kobe passes it to Derek Fisher, you're like, oh, okay. When LeBron is bringing that ball down, I knew it. I was with other people. <laughs> And believe it or not, you know what the person next to me said? I'm going to be so pissed if Danny Green shoots this shot. Yep. I kid you not. I'm not making that up. And that's what. And I told him, LeBron's not taking this shot. He's not taking it. One-on-one, a wide open. 
I'm telling you, he's not taking this shot. Mm -hmm. If you if you rewind the tape though, go back. And I, and I don't want to make this. I don't mean to make this a bash on LeBron, but if you go back, remember the one game when Anthony Davis hit the game winning shot. Mm -hmm. and Rondo was taking the ball out of bounds. The play was for LeBron. LeBron stood at the elbow and didn't move. AD comes off. The AD wasn't the first option. In mm -hmm. fact, coming out of the timeout, Vogel had told them, this is the play, this is what LeBron's supposed to get the ball. He didn't move at all. The, the stuff to me, like, mm -hmm. like I, I'm, I'm all for, I, I love LeBron, I love watching him, but when, when I get into it with the GOAT discussion... Michael Jordan wouldn't have Kobe Bryant would not have stood at that elbow, no, and, and not and want that ball at least to, to to do something. And and you you know you make a point that LeBron can get to the basket almost any time he it, it wants don't to. How many people down there? And they going and they, they gonna go give him the foul call. Absolutely, they're giving him the call. I've seen them give him calls that same game that was very questionable. If he for the win for the trophy went in there, threw his body in there. And tried to lay it up. He's gonna get fouled. He has to. He's the star of the league. All right. So a couple, couple more things I want to jump into. Okay. Um, there's one rule that really, really irks me. That rule is when a player, especially at the NBA in the collegiate level, when a player dunks the basketball like LeBron did last night and slaps the backboard, mm -hmm. or a player hangs on the rim for quote unquote too long. They get a technical, and that rule drives me nuts. I feel like there was a committee of five-five angry dudes <laughs> that made this rule back in 1963. Yeah, it's like, come on, folks, we're there for entertainment. LeBron James dunks the basketball, smacks the backboard. It, it doesn't impact the game in any bad way. He after he does it, he runs back. So what? Why is that a technical? And even the guys when they dunk and they hang on the rim for a little bit, unless you've I mean, if you've never I played with some of the greatest dunkers ever. Mm. Melvin Levitt, mm. Kenyon Martin to name two. I've been in open gyms with Kenyon Martin, Melvin Levitt, James White, Jason Max Seal. I'm talking about four of the greatest dunkers in UC Bearcat history. And these guys in open gym settings with no referee would dunk it, maybe hang on the rim for a second because of their momentum, and just run back down court. You've got to get back on defense anyway. So I just think that that rule, that rule drives me nuts. And I tweet, I tweet about it, and I always have one or two rule followers that tweet me back. Like, <laughs> it's a rule. If they don't have that rule, it's going to be complete chaos in the game. Mm. I disagree with that. Well, I mean, let's look at the travels. We all know that some of these would be looking like that was a travel. That was a travel, too. Why are they letting those go? Well, a lot of times, like you said, it's an entertainment thing. And it's like, okay, if we're going to be super technical, we're going to have to be super technical all around the board. Yeah. You know, and something like hanging on the rim um, – like Colin said, our guy Collins here, he said, well, you know, that's on them if they're not going to get back on defense. Why is For it sure. a technical? They're already suffering uh, from not getting back. Right? Yeah. And so it's not hurting nobody. It's not, I just like you said, I don't really, it's one of those rules that's like they really need to just sit down and think about like, okay, is this necessary? Yeah. I mean, and, and think about it. 
Let's take a UC basketball player, James White. James White is coming down the court, coming down the left side of the court. He's getting ready to take off for a monstrous dunk. In his mind, as he's getting ready for this dunk, right, he's got a clear path to the basket. He's thinking, okay, what type of dunk am I going to do? Am I going to do the windmill? Am I going to do the double pump? He's not thinking, oh, I'm going to hang on the rim for about eight seconds after this one and swing around. That's not going through his mind. I understand if a guy dunks it and he swings around and he like holds on the rim and points to the crowd and start but that's okay that's too much right and but i don't see i don't see that happening i just don't see players doing that i'd like the rule to be be changed and i think there is one thing that you talked about with with the traveling and the entertainment um there is a huge difference between the college game and the pro game as far as how they're refereed and all that mm-hmm. <clears throat> i mean some of the travels in the nba i mean you go on instagram and look at that you're yeah. like what in no yeah how did how did he just take eight steps i'll never forget there was one video it was a i think it was d wade i think it was either d wade or Melo. i can't remember but they had the ball at like the top of the key and they literally like was like moving their pivot like it was just so obvious like people count it was like eight steps <laughs> Eight steps, not not called at all. Nope. And I'm like, nope. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, some some of the some of the NBA <laughs> refing is 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 definitely like how do you justify that? Definitely, you, like if I'm the coach, and I'm like, you ain't see that. What are you gonna say? <laughs> how how is a how is a referee? Do you go back and and watch that? You you have to get evaluated. Yeah, and they're like, what what were you? What were you looking at? What yeah? What were you doing in this situation? Were you? Yeah, that's just. That's 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 mind-boggling. But go ahead. And just the one more thing on the hanging on the rim thing is that should be more of a coaching thing, if anything. Like if you know, I'm a coach, yeah. so if a player's just hanging there, I'm like, what are you doing? It, no, it's the same thing if a player shoots a three and just hangs his hand up there and just stands in the same spot. I'm like, get back, get back. No, no question. Like if a guy for the Bearcats would dunk it and hang on the rim like that, Huggins would be all over. Every player knows you got to get back and get on defense. So get rid of that rule. But I'm going to tell you what. One thing that I loved, and I think the NBA, and I'm a huge, huge NBA fan. I think the NBA needs to do something with the bubble again next season. But I think they should look at maybe a preseason bubble tournament. Kind of like the NCAA tournament format. Because I think it would be fascinating to see, like, you know, when the Heat play the Lakers in a series, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people are like, okay, Lakers in six. Lakers are going to win a series. Mm-hmm. But if the Heat Lakers are just battling out for one game, kind of like the NCAA tournament, right. because the NBA is going to have to make up a lot of money next year. They lost a bunch of money. Right. So I'm almost thinking like they need to do something creative. I'd love for them to do something with the bubble again and also apply that NCAA format and feel to it. I think that would be fascinating. What are your thoughts? I agree. I agree because that's one of the things that makes um, the NCAA tournament so exciting because it's like you don't know who's going to win. You don't know who's going to win because when it's best out of seven – most likely the team that's supposed to be the better team is going to win. Sure. They're going to they're going to win the four games. Sure. But when it's one and done, when it's all I got to do is beat you for one game, mm-hmm. 
anything can happen. Yeah. And if we've learned anything from this pandemic, I think we've learned that, you know what? We can do things a little different than mm. we've done before. Mm. You know, it's like yep. the, the people started having to work differently, work from home. Yeah. You know, I have a friend that that I'm not going to say which prof, um, profession he works in, but um, it's not, I don't mean that like he works in a bad profession, but <laughs> the company he works for, they sent all the employees home to work from home. Hmm. Normally they would be in the office 7 a.m., not out till six. I mean, he would work, grind it out, tons of meetings. They sent everybody home. They've been working from home doing Zoom meetings this entire pandemic period. Do mm. you know they've made more money during this stretch than they ever have as a company during that time period in a year? So guess what? Mm. You know they're going to look at making some changes that, yes, we can do things a little bit differently. Maybe everyone doesn't have to be in the office every single day, seven to six. So what I'm saying is I think the NBA, I think other sports can start looking at doing things maybe a little differently. And I'm going to say this. I can't confirm this, but I've heard from very, very good sources that there potentially could be a college regional bubble. Mm. And what that would mean is regional NCAA basketball teams would play in a bubble and they would play kind of a regional schedule. Um, I don't, I don't, I know, I know it's been presented. I don't know if it's actually something that will happen or how serious it is. But uh, I thought that was fascinating because, you know, Stu, if you really look at it from a regional standpoint, the Midwest in our area has some of the best basketball for sure in the entire country. For sure. And I would be, I would be all for that. I, I, I hope something like that does happen. I, but I, at the end of the day, I really hope, especially for like Bearcat fans and, and other, you know, college sports fans that, you know, we're able to have college basketball fans in the stands because um, I, I mean, there's just no telling what's going to happen moving forward. I mean, um, the bubble, this is crazy. Think about this. The NBA bubble, not one positive test. Not one. Not one. Not one. The NFL, they, they, you know, they've got positive tests left right. and right. Um, you know, MLB's making it through. But um, it's going to be interesting to see where we are during that time in November when the flu season kicks up and it's all kind of intermixed and it gets cold, mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting. But I, I hope I hope we can have fans. I do too. That's a big part of it. Big part of the experience. You know, um, also, as we talk about fans and, you know, the, the college season going on, before I jump into that, um, I do want to let our listeners know that um, Stu and I and another gentleman here, Colin, um, we're teaming up and we're working on a project um, that we can't talk too much in detail about right now, but I think we're going to be doing something very, very unique for local greater Cincinnati high school basketball players in our area. Um, I'm going to be excited, Stu, that we can um, present this and talk about this very soon. For sure, man. For sure. It's definitely, definitely something exciting. Uh, we definitely got something in our bag. <clears throat> 
you know, for you guys. Ooh. You know, I think it's I think it's gonna be in the. <laughs> I like that. I think it's gonna be good. There might be something to that. I, I might be something to it. I think um, next time we do a podcast, I, I hope we'll have everything ironed out. We could we can kind of release it, talk about it. Yeah, pull it out the bag. So. With that being said, um, I do want to jump into, for this particular podcast, I want to talk about two things specifically. I want to kind of recap season one, and I want to preview season two. And we've already jumped into season two a little bit. My, my father, Bob Meacham, was our first guest on season two, and I'll talk about that. Um, but I do want to talk about what's going to be happening with the podcast moving forward. Um, with that being said, I want to thank... All the Bearcat fans, um, basketball fans, just everybody that's taken the time to listen to the podcast. Stu, we've had over 50,000 hits on the podcast that people have listened to. The Bearcat Basketball Podcast. How about that? Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing, man. Like That is definitely exceeded um, expectations, man. That's just amazing. That's amazing. And, you know, the the thing is, I think it goes to show the power of, I think, not only basketball in our area, um, but what the brand that that Bearcat Basketball has built in this area. Mm. There's so many passionate Bearcat fans. And, And specifically, if you look at, of course, the... You know, the 1961-62 championship teams, you got Oscar Robertson. That was obviously a tremendous era. But if you look at that sweet spot era when Bob Huggins was the head coach and the Bengals were down, which always seems like the Bengals are down, but Mm -hmm. the Bengals were down, the Reds weren't great, consistently Bearcat basketball was one of the hottest tickets in town. Mm. You had a consistent product. It was entertaining. Hugs was such a a big-time figure in our area. And it built a fan base that exists today. Mm. And those 50,000 hits we've had on the podcast is not because I, I really look at that and I don't look at it. It's because of me. I look at it because it's these former players and what's been built. And I got a call today, and it's so ironic that we were going to do this podcast. I got a call today from former player, person I interviewed, Tony Bobbitt. And Bearcat fans love Tony Bobbitt. And and Tony and I were just talking, and um, and he was just like, man, I, he's like, I, I love the podcast. He's been listening, and I'm going to talk to a little bit later about some of the interviews he talked about with the podcast. But this podcast has given some former players an opportunity to tell their story and they've never told their story before Mm. bearcat fans are like you know where's tony bobbitt where's um where's darnell burton where's donald little well i found them and here they are here's what they're doing Mm. and it's been it's been fun it's been really fun finding i think we've done over 50 plus interviews or whatever it is um it's not easy, but man. So, what do you think is like the biggest challenge of doing like? Because you've done how many? Well, we've done sixty. This will be the sixty-second episode. We've done over fifty. Might be coming on fifty-some interviews. 
Man. So your question so, is, uh, so what's what, the, what do you think is the biggest challenge? What, what has been the biggest challenge? Ah, uh, you know what? That's a great question because many people like they've been listening to the podcast. I don't think fans realize how difficult it is to one get a hold of some of these guys, mm. two get them scheduled to do the interview, and third to get them to pick up the phone to do the interview because a lot of these guys don't live in Cincinnati right and when the pandemic started we weren't able to do anything face to face so as as bad as the pandemic has been it's kind of been a gift for this podcast because a lot of these guys were kind of just hanging out because of the pandemic and I was able to get them and also the listeners were available to listen to the podcast right so you know, hunting down guys, um, Lizelle Durden, uh, James White, uh, Deontay Vaughn, you know, some of those guys, you know, you, you, you've, I know a lot of the guys. There are very few former Bearcat players that I don't know. There are a handful that I, that I don't know, but I know the majority of them. Mm-hmm. And, to, and to get, get them locked down to do it, um, we've probably made it look easier than what it is because you got things to and you probably were, were like getting pissed at me but we were cranking out a lot of podcasts during those during the, pandemic yeah, weeks yeah, yeah. I mean, I was interviewing one guy a day. Uh, yeah, you it, it was you was going strong, strong, strong. I'm talking. I'm 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 calling guys. I'm texting them. Hey. I need you on Monday. Come on. Come on. We got to do this. And I always had like backups. Like if he couldn't do it, I had this and that. And then I would I would tweet out, here's my here's my list for the week. And and I was hoping, making sure everybody was was locked in if I didn't already have it recorded. And uh, thankfully, man, all the guys are good guys. And, and really, if you, if you really look at it, a lot of guys love telling their story. Mm-hmm. At, at the at the age they are now, like some of the guys are still playing professionally, yeah, um, overseas, so their story is still being written. But if you look at some of the guys, there's their story's been written for for basketball, and it's over, right? And so to kind of go back and tell those stories and relive some of those great moments, and for a lot of guys, you know, like Donald Little, he told me some of the greatest times of his life was wearing a bearcat uniform Mm. and there are a lot of guys who say that um so we try to tap into that and 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 get that emotion out so what do you think is uh you know because when you're interviewing somebody you want to like you said they're, they're telling their story but it is also your part to help them get the best get the best of that story out right <laughs> so what do you think is one of the main keys to getting some to getting somebody's story out yeah good question um well i think i think there's a couple things to it Stu. i think one you have to have background knowledge of their story mm. so one thing i learned early on and you know i, I didn't go to school and, and get media training in school, but I've done a lot of research and studying and talking to a lot of people that do interviews. And one of the things that I've found that I've learned is that you have to have great research of the person you're interviewing and know their story. And you can kind of key in on certain things to bring 
things out in their story. You know, it's like certain guys, I talk about some things from their hometown of where they're originally from. And they're surprised I knew some things. Mm -hmm. And once you get them to open up, like there have been interviews where like Lou Banks, I interviewed Lou Banks, one of Bob Huggins' first um, players uh, who was one of the backbones of UC basketball. Um, He started off a little slow, um, you know, and I knew there were a couple things in his story that I had in my bag that I was going to bring up that would get him going. And sure enough, I could hear him smiling when I, when I brought up some of those things. Mm. And once I did, man, he started, he started going. Mm. And that's, that's Terrible. fun. I love for, I love, I love for the guys to know that I've done my research on them. Not just, not just the Google search that's available to the rest of the general public, mm-hmm. but you know, contact maybe some people that are close to them and say hey man you gotta give me a couple nuggets so i can surprise them Mm. and that's sometimes that's the beauty of of this and you hit them with that it's it's fun that's good that's very good and there there have been there have been some interviews um Stu, that have uh that have surprised me Mm. you know yeah like you go into some and you're like like I'll, i'll be honest um i reached out to yancey gates and, you know, Yancey Gates was involved in um, the Crosstown Shootout Brawl. Mm-hmm. And that's looked upon as one of the, the biggest negatives in that game ever. And Yancey's not um, a, a, a young man at that time who liked to talk a lot. Um, very reserved guy. And so I know Yancey. I've known him since he was a young guy. But... Um, I asked him, I reached out and I said, Hey, would you do the podcast? And, um, he said, yes. And I said, are you willing to talk about the brawl? And he goes, uh, it's about time I do. Cause he had never talked about it ever. Mm. No media had never really brought it up to him. I'm the first one to get him to actually talk about the details of it and what was going through his mind. And I knew going into that, I said, okay, I need to make sure I have a lot of information ready to kind of when he may not want to give me information, I got a couple things that help me dig a little deeper to get some things from him that I know our listener wants to know. Mm. And I'm telling you, that Yancey Gates interview surprised me. He was way more open, and there were I, I'm I have every note from every podcast I've ever done here on my computer, and there were things for that interview with Yancey that I never used because I didn't have to. Mm. He dove right into it. And I love that makes my job easier. But some of those sometimes you get surprised, right? You know, with those. And you've done tons of of yeah. interviews with people. You have your own podcast. You want to yes. shout that out real quick? Oh, shout out to the Good Podcast. The Good Podcast. We just wrapped up season two. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. season two. So we have done um, a little bit over mm-hmm. sixty episodes ourselves. Wow. Yes. Yes, I didn't yes, know yes. you guys were that deep. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, yeah. Season one, we did 40 episodes. Okay. And even though I say 40, um, th- those are our weekly ones. There's ones that we did uh, that we would just drop it like, a, for example, a Thanksgiving special or a Christmas special. Okay. And those are not even counted in the numbers. So that's why I say about over, a little bit over 60 that okay. we've done. And uh, so season three is coming very soon. Um, very and good. so it's going to be very good. It's good. And um, you do it with? My boy Jay Thomas, 
who now lives in Los Angeles, California. We call him Hollywood J for a reason. <laughs> Hollywood JJ Thomas. Good. Great, great, great guy. For sure. One of the funniest people to walk by. Unintentionally funny sometimes. Unintentionally funny. Unintentionally funny. He's definitely and he's he's been in the room when we've done uh the podcast before he moved to to Los Angeles. Great, great guy. So how can they um hear your podcast, by the way? Uh, our podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, um, Podbean is the host site. Um, and soon we're going to be uh, posting some stuff on YouTube, our YouTube channel again. So um, that's Good Network, our YouTube channel, um, our IG, Twitter, Facebook, Good Network. Um, so, yeah, that's where you can find it at. That's where you can find it. It's going to be very interesting. we got some new stuff coming. Uh, we're going to have some uh, more guests um than we've had before so it's gonna be it's gonna be good the guests are always good you know i found so when we started um this podcast you know i'm talking about bearcat basketball i'm, I'm kind of trying to figure out how the flow of this podcast is going to go mm-hmm. and the first person i interviewed was charles williams former bearcat from los angeles california very good and that went so well i was like man I've got to start doing more former players, mm-hmm. and the the I had I had somebody reach out to me on Twitter because we were pumping out so many interviews. <laughs> somebody like a diehard Bearcat fan was like, "I can't keep up with this. You got so many interviews," and I'm like, "Hey." They're going to keep coming. You're just going to have to catch up. Mm-hmm. They're going to be there. They're not going anywhere. They're not going They're going to be there. Yeah. I got to I gotta knock these out during the pandemic because when Strike this – Hey, when people start getting back to some sort of normal life, yeah. there, there's there's maybe a chance I don't get to interview, um, you know, a um, – you know, a Justin Jackson who I interviewed. Maybe he goes back overseas. And I don't get a chance to interview him. Right. Um, and there have been guys that I got a hold of. I think too late they went back overseas. Mm-hmm. I got a former player right now that I'm talking to, who played for McCronin, and we've had a tough time connecting up because he lives in a different country, and the time difference has really given us a challenge. Mm-hmm. So and I know Bearcat fans are going to want to hear from this guy. So, And some guys are playing pro in the NBA. Um, Gary Clark was was easy to get a hold of because Gary Clark and I talked quite a bit anyway. Um, but I, I just had to... We had to take advantage of the pandemic and just sure. and just knock them. And I don't, I don't want to sit on them. I don't want to do the interviews and just sit on them and mm-hmm. then slow release them. But then once we started getting back to some sort of normal life, then we got to the uh, format of putting them out, you know, once a week. Yeah. Which, you know, it allowed, um, you know, people to kind of catch up. Um, but as I'm saying that, there, there are a couple interviews that, I do want to point out in season one, and I'm going to talk about season two and our, our plans. I think Bearcat fans will be very excited about what we have in store for season two. Um, season one, I think there are a couple interviews that people really, really slept on. Um, Corey Blunt played for the Bearcats, Final Four member, played in the NBA, played for the Lakers, good, played for the Bulls. Uh, I did a part one and a part two with him. His story is so fascinating. It really, really is fascinating to me. And I thought both of his interviews were really, really good. He's he's so engaging. Um, <clears throat> Roger McClendon, 
one of the Bearcat greats, one of the first Bearcat basketball players I ever idolized growing up. He's such an impressive person. Um, I think some of the older Bearcat fans really enjoyed that interview, but I think some of the younger Bearcat fans um, didn't get into that interview. Um, I hope they get a chance to because he's definitely um, a legend in Bearcat Nation. Um, Biggie McLean was an interesting interview I did because Biggie McLean wasn't really a star player. He's one of the tallest players to ever play for the Bearcats. But I, I wanted to interview him. And actually, when I hit him up, he was like, wait, wait, wait. You want to interview me? And he goes, man, I've seen your po- I've heard your podcast. I've seen the people you interview. He's like, dude, I don't have those stats. I probably shouldn't be on it. And I'm like, no, but your story of where you've come from and where you are now is important. Because if you really look at it, I told him this. I said, dude, look at the look at the minutes I played at UC. I, I didn't play very much. But I think where I came from, how I ended up at UC, what I'm doing now is a story in itself. Maybe during that period, I wasn't a vital member of the Bearcats. And I said, and for you too, statistically and maybe minute-wise, you didn't do the same things of a Gary Clark, a Jacob Evans, some of those guys, but your story coming from New Jersey and the hood, and now you're playing professionally overseas and playing well, playing the best basketball you ever played. Um, so I thought his story was very unique and in some ways in the landscape, very important. Um, Bob Huggins. Um, that was It was funny because... Um, People on Twitter were like, how come you haven't interviewed Hugs yet? How come you haven't interviewed Hugs? And in the back of my mind, the whole time, it was like, Hugs is coming. But I didn't want to tell anybody. I wanted to build up a lather to, to bring Hugs in because I wanted to interview all these guys and talk about Hugs, talk about Hugs, and then have Hugs on. I just felt like I didn't want to have Hugs come on too early. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we finally got him. And a funny story, really quick. When I called Hugs to do the the, the podcast, <laughs> my man was going through Wendy's drive through, and for some reason, I'm like, "Does he know how to like like we're recording?" And he's like, uh, "So you know, I kind of start the interview, and we're, we're recording." And he's like, "Hey, hey, hey, hold on a second. And he kind of is like, "Let me get a uh, <laughs> double." G- <laughs> I'm like, "Did this man just order a number three? <laughs> I was oh, like, should, should I keep this or not? Because it's so hugs, though. Yeah. Like, we're doing an official podcast, <laughs> and he orders a number three with a Diet Pepsi <laughs> during the interview. And I was like, hugs, how about you get your food, eat it, and then call me back? He's like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. And I'm like, no, no. Look. <laughs> look eat it he was actually getting he was actually getting wendy's for he and his wife june Mm -hmm. and they were gonna sit down and eat and i said why don't you guys sit down and eat and i'll I'll call you back and i ended up calling him back and Mm -hmm. then then in the then in the middle of the podcast one of his players walks by because we were doing the podcast and it was you know our our podcasts are long form so they're, they're, they're a little bit longer and i guess hugs like goes to his office while we're recording I guess he got in a car and drove to the office. I couldn't tell. He's walking through campus, and one of his players walks by. He puts the player on the phone, <laughs> who I happen to know. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. McBride. Oh, okay. Deuce McBride. Yeah, yeah. 
But I mean, I, Hugs n- knows I know him, right? And you know, I've known him since he was a kid. He's one of you know, was but he literally handed the phone to him, <laughs> and I'm like, Deuce, what's up? Deuce's like, hey man, what you doing, man? I'm like, uh, a, a podcast right now. <laughs> he was like, oh wait a minute, you're interviewing him? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh my bad. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> so I debated sending you the part with the with the wendy's mm-hmm. I, but you know what i deleted it oh that'd be funny just to have like yeah, maybe yeah. A, maybe like a blooper uh-huh we could have like oh season two we'll have a blooper reel there we go all right we're, we're gonna do that there we go <clears throat> um the hugs one was definitely one and people were hitting me up too uh, especially on season one and they're like how come you haven't interviewed this guy that guy and i'm like man i got season two coming man like mm. i can't right my my thing is like I can't have a bunch of home runs, you know, one after another. You got to kind of spread them out. <clears throat> and, and when I say home runs, I don't mean some players are better than others, but some people's story and and their stature in UC basketball deserve to kind of sit alone. And and there, there's got to be some sort of distance between some of those interviews. You know what I'm saying, Stu? Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, but I I, I mean. The one one of the parts during season one that I enjoyed too as well was uh, there was a stretch where I did some of Tony Yates's players, uh, Lou Banks, Romel Shorter, Andre Tate, Lavertis Robinson. Um, that was a fun thing because um, Tony Yates passed away, and they were able to talk a little bit about Tony Yates as a coach and a person, and and hear that story because that Tony Yates, the end of Tony Yates's coaching career at UC and the the, kind of the transition to the Bob Huggins is a kind of a forgot about period forgotten about period but I think very very important and um, I loved having those guys uh, tell their stories Uh, one last interview I want to talk about before we jump into season two was uh, another interview that I thought was great was Ruben Patterson who's one of my favorite teammates um, that I ever had have had playing basketball Ruben and I always got along which if you were to know Rube's story know my story and just kind of the two personalities you would never think that Ruben and I would get along but we did we did very well and I think that played into the dynamics of our interview like I even had somebody tell me they heard the interview of Ruben they're like man I had a guy who worked at UC um, worked in the president's office who heard the interview. He says, man, that Reuben Patterson interview was fantastic. And I said, I, I thought it was too, but I think a large part had to do with Reuben and I's relationship, like our friendship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I could bring some stuff out of him. Um, I think we both had a respect level. So I really, really enjoyed uh, the Reuben Patterson interview as well. Um to end season one, we ended with uh, D'Antonio Wingfield, who is, um, in many people's eyes, is looked upon as like, he's almost like a mythological like figure in UC Hoops. Like, people are like, because he was here, he was one, he was one of the, gosh, he was one of, he was a one and done at UC, and I think, I can't remember the, the last one and done prior to him just in college basketball Mm -hmm. but he was here for such a short period was gone went to the nba and no one really got to know him Mm. and he's always looked upon as like as this just like um unicorn or so like something that doesn't really 
like the Loch Ness monster or whatever, yeah, whatever yeah. the, the <laughs> mythology. But he he was a fascinating. He like I couldn't ask for a better ending to season one than mm-hmm. Don Antonio Wingfield. He was he was at peace with his journey. Um, his story is so complex but fascinating. I mean, it's just an absolutely fascinating story of a can't miss basketball player mm. who fell. He rose and then he fell. Mm. And after he fell, he, he he became at peace with his journey and, and is giving back to his community that he grew up in, helping that next generation not make some of the same mistakes. And it was just like it was such a great, I thought, ending to the season one. Yeah. Um, and then when you sat in for the start of season two, my father, Very Bob good. Meacham. Very good. Which, Stu, was an interesting thing that I didn't even think to interview my my father. And most people, I don't, and I don't talk about this a lot, but my father had a big impact on the athletic department at the University of Cincinnati. Um, I just, I've never really shared that, but if you listen to all the podcasts, you hear a lot of the, um, players that, that knew my father talk about him and say, Hey man, tell your dad what's up. And, um, Eric Abercrombie, who works, who who worked at the university for over 40 years, he was assistant to the president of the university. He's the one that called me up one day and said, Hey man, I'm a big fan of your podcast. I've been listening. And I'm like, really? You've been checking it. And it's so surprising. Like when you hear people that listen to your podcast and you're like, I mean, you're doing them and you see the numbers, but still when you meet people and they say, man, I've listened to the podcast. I'm like, really? Yeah. That's cool. Is that not a cool feeling? It's a cool feeling, man. It's just something different about that, you know, in-person, you know, encounter. It's like somebody really is tuning in to what you're doing, you know? It's, It's amazing. It's amazing. I was at the gas station the other day. And yeah, I was at the gas station. I was on my way to this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my friend he uh, is opening up a gym, right? He opened up a gym, so um, I was on my way to the like grand opening thing, like a workout gym. Yeah, okay. He has a workout gym. He trains players and stuff. And so I guess one of the people from there had just left there. And, you know, I was just trying to, I was actually just trying to use the bathroom. You know, I had to use the bathroom very badly. <laughs> At the gas station. At the gas station. That's the reason why I went there. I, had to, I couldn't wait. And he's like, oh, Stu. And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, who is this dude? I'm trying to use the bathroom. <laughs> I'm like, who is this guy? He's like, yeah, man. Um, I, I'm, I just came from the thing. You know, I listened to your podcast, man. You know, it's really good. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. I was like, you listen to, and you, like yeah. you said, you know people listen because you see your own stats. But it's like, dang, it's something. It's just something different, especially when it's somebody you don't even know. Right. That's even crazier. It is. You know, that's even crazier. So, um, but yeah. in this, in this, in this day and time, it that's the beauty of this because mm. you could do something and it could travel all around the world. And and the reason I say that you can go and look at the statistics, the stats on Podbeam, and you can see sometimes. You know what part of the country your podcast is being listened to, yeah. and what part of the world. Mm-hmm. And a fascinating thing, I interviewed Pete Michael, former Bearcat player, who went on to have a tremendous overseas basketball career. And overseas, he was looked at as a giant, like he's big overseas. Mm-hmm. And after I did his podcast, it was just like I was like, I want to see how many people 
from because he he shared it he, he kind of put it out there on linkedin mm-hmm. and there were people in the countries that he played for were listening to it mm. and i'm like these people don't know me wouldn't know me if they walked on the street and passed me probably i would never see them in my life wow but they listen to it and mm. I, I just i think that's i think that's really really cool it's really cool man you know social media and stuff these days man it it's an extreme advantage extreme advantage when you are creating art creating stuff like this man it can really reach so many different people you know there's no limits so and the other thing too is um like i don't go into this with any ego that i think people should listen to this or have to listen to this you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. there's some people in the media world that are very arrogant Mm -hmm. like you know oh you know you don't live when you don't listen to my star you don't follow my twitter you know i'm not like that i'm I'm kind of appreciative like even when people tweeted me about listening to the podcast or there was especially there were a couple tweets and i actually um screenshotted and i saved them that there were a couple people like man these podcasts have been great during the pandemic it's kind of gave me something to look forward to during the week that I can listen to. That type of stuff is is really awesome. One guy tweeted at me, he says, he goes, um, since you started doing your interview series, he goes, um, my dog has been like, he goes, my, my, so I forget how he said it, but what he's trying to say is normally he would walk his dog for maybe 30 minutes, mm-hmm. but he's been listening to our podcast and he didn't want to come back in until he finished the podcast. So his dog was literally going for walks for like an hour 45 <laughs> or whatever it is. And he's just like, That's hilarious. my dog's like, come on, bro. You're not going to listen to these podcasts. And like stuff like that. I, yeah. I really, um, I enjoy And that keeps, so when I'm thinking about, I'm going to use that as a segue is, um, as I start to think about season two, I think about how we can duplicate the magic of season one, yeah. but also introduce some new things and, you know, kind of make things a little bit bigger and better. Because um, the Bearcat, Bearcat fan base deserves this. They've and, and, I, and I, the reason I say that, me being a, a former player, I mean, I feel it. I know I felt it when I played the love that Bearcat fans showed not only myself, but, you know, the current players, the past players, the love that's there. I'm like, man, this is a great give back yeah. for for the Bearcat fans. No doubt. You know, especially when there hasn't been something like this. Um, and sometimes, like, uh, you crave something that doesn't even exist, so you don't really know that you want it. <laughs> sure. But when it shows up, you know, it's like, dang, man, yeah. I've been wanting this. Yeah. I've but, been wanting something like this, you know, and I think it's definitely one of them things, man. You for, know. for sure. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, like, the pandemic's changed some things. So my original plan, and I, and I presented this to you a while back, what I wanted to do was when the, the, the season started, like when we got towards this coming 2020 2021 season i wanted to kind of do some podcasts like in person like at the at the arena um you know with some of the fans engage those fans do some live podcasts and things like that but the pandemic's probably not going to let us you know do some of those things so got to kind of go back to the drawing board maybe hold that for the future but 
Um, we, we've got to find a good balance in season two. I want to keep these interviews going. I think between now and the end of the year, we'll probably get in six to eight more interviews. I've got some great interviews lined up. Um, and which I do promise, Bearcat fans, listen, I promise I do, I do want to jump into covering some of those players from like the past past like going back to the 60s and the 70s, those type of teams, because we really have to archive, I think, some of those guys' stories because we don't know how long some of those guys will be with us. You know, some of those guys from those teams have passed away. I'm not sure how many people are still alive from the 61-62 team, but we've got to do an interview with them and archive their stories. And then also... We've got to do a better job of getting some of the guys that are just getting out and graduating. And, um, you know, I did Trey Scott, guys like that. Some of the Mick Cronin era guys, I'm going to get some more of them. I've already got feelers out for them. So, because um, I've done a lot with a lot of the Hugs guys because I know them. Um, but I'm going to definitely um, get some of those um, to not only finish the year, but also in 2021. But I do need to make sure we get back to some of the just current Bearcat basketball team talk. Mm. And I want to talk about this upcoming season, um, what to expect. Um, I'm telling you, this Bearcat team this coming season is going to be the team that people remember that took Bearcat basketball back to a level that we all – like that nostalgia of that hugs era, I think this team's going to help get us like to that level again. Mm-hmm. Um, John Brannon, he has it. I'm, I'm telling Bearcat fans, I told them when they hired John Brannon, not only is he extremely smart, but he like gets it. And what I mean by that is, there are certain companies that have CEOs that are extremely smart, but I don't know that they get what's going on around them. John Brannon, X's and O's, putting together a program, he is extremely intelligent, but at the same time, he gets everything that's going around, like the engaging the former players, like Coach Brandon wants to bring back former players, engage them, get them to come and talk to the team at practice. Um, he gets the fundraising aspect, going to different um, fundraising events. Um, there are a lot of things that go with being a Bearcat head coach. You know, you look at Coach Cal at UK. Coach Cal... Obviously, does a great job with UK, building his program. But one thing that's amazing with Coach Cow is he's able to engage former players, donors. He's at every event. There's so many things that need to happen to build up a program. And Coach Brandon gets all that. I've sat down. I've had many conversations with him. So I'm excited to see him put the rest of his plan in place to build this program. Um, and they, this team coming up is 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 a very unique team. Obviously, we lose a guy in uh, Jaron Cumberland who's been such a backbone 
to the Bearcat basketball team. But you bring in no, not only do you you bring back some guys that I think are are important pieces for this basketball team. The Keith Williams, like he's such an important guy. But then you're bringing in guys too. I think that blend well not only with the guys that are coming back, but he's got a great foundation for the young guys moving forward. Here's the other thing, too, about Coach Brandon. I really love his recruiting and recruiting to fit his system. I, Bearcat fans, you're, you're going to – I'm telling you, he's going to have uh, – not just Coach Brandon, I should say the staff is going to have Bearcat Nation really excited about these teams that he's building because of the players that he's recruiting. So I'm going to be excited to talk about um, this Bearcat team. I think I'm going to knock out a couple more interviews, and then I'm going to really dive into um, this team, talk about some individual players, um, expectations for the season, whatever the season is going to look like, which I have no clue. I know there are a lot of rumors floating around as far as what uh, – what might happen with the schedule, who they're going to play. I know Louisville's dropped off the schedule. Will they play the Crosstown shootout? All things like that. I'll dive into that. Um, and I'm excited for that. So we're going to end the year um, for 2020 um, strong. Like I said, six to eight uh, former player interviews, a couple podcasts talking about this upcoming season. And obviously, hopefully, the season will then be uh, underway and I could talk about some of the games that have just occurred. Um Real quick, uh, uh, let's see. I think I think it's coming out either this Thursday, October fifteenth, or very soon. I did an interview with uh, John Brandon. Um, this was not for the podcast, um, so just to kind of let a cow the bag, I will have Coach Brandon on my podcast at some point soon. Um, we've talked about it. He's going to do it. Um, we just got to make sure the timing's right of him coming on. But I did an interview with Coach Brandon and his family. Um, I'm on an organization. I'm on the committee board for Talbert House, who does a lot of work in Cincinnati um, for the community. <clears throat> and one of the committees that I'm on is called the Fatherhood Project, where we raise over $300,000 every year to help out down-and-out fathers who've been through drug abuse, alcoholism, um, incarceration, getting that father rehabilitated and back together with his family and in his child or children's life again. It's a tremendous program. It is a program that is the, the leading program in the United States of America and in some cases of the world for this type of rehabilitation. And um, our keynote speaker this year is John Brandon. Um, I asked John to be the keynote speaker. And because of the pandemic, we couldn't do a luncheon like we normally do. We have over 600 people at our luncheon down at the Hyatt. So what we did was we did a virtual luncheon, and I had the opportunity to interview John Brandon about being a father. What's so unique about the interview, and I'll end up posting this on some of my social media so Bearcat fans can see it, is we talk about him not only being a father 
to his twin daughters, but also the role he plays as being a father figure to so many athletes. Um, this past Bearcat team, the Bearcat teams moving forward, his NKU teams, and, and how he goes about being a father figure in his coaching style. He also talks about his father who recently passed away and the impact his father had on him as a person, as a husband, as a father, and also as a coach. I think it's a it's a fantastic interview, and, and the more you hear John Brandon talk, you'll understand this guy is a he's going to be a rock star at the University of Cincinnati as a head coach of the University of Cincinnati's Bearcat basketball team. So I'm excited for that to come out, and uh, that should be out Thursday, October 15th, I believe. I'll make sure I'll post it on my social media. Um, Lastly, the last thing I want to dive into and something I've been working on for those Bearcat fans that have had the opportunity to read this, I wrote a book called Walk of a Lifetime, which came out in August of 2000. It became the number six bestseller here in Cincinnati, uh, which, which I was very proud of because I struggled to even like write a paper <laughs> in college, and then I'm a published author. It's like, I remember when I wrote the book, so I, I write this book, which wasn't my idea. The idea came to me from a professor named uh, Simon Anderson, and Simon said, hey, you need your stories, I think, very unique, could really help out a lot of kids. So um, with his help, we write the book. Uh, Sam Dunn, Mark Brown really helped out on the, the process of the book. We released the book, um, number six bestseller. I ended up taking the book to my former English teacher, and i never forget this. So I go back to Roger Bacon High School, where I graduated from, the Roger Bacon High School, <laughs> That scare you, Stu? You got Stu, me a little bit. You got Stu, me a little bit. Stu Jones. <laughs> By the way, real quick, I've yet to talk about this on the podcast. I'm, I'm not going to venture too far on this. But everyone says, why do you go the Bearcat Basketball Podcast? And I'll tell you the story behind that very quickly. Do you know why, Stu? Did I ever tell you the story? I don't think so, no. So a friend of mine has an Ohio State Buckeyes podcast where he talks about Buckeye sports. Mm -hmm. And very good friend of mine. And when I told him I was going to do a Bearcat one, I said, it's the Bearcat basketball. And he says, you won't do that. You can't do that. And I said, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> so that's how the Bearcat basketball podcast came about. So it's all, all from him. So I went to the Roger Bacon High School. And um, so I took the book back. I, I, books published, number six bestseller. I go back to high school and I go back to uh, Mrs. Whalen's English class and she's teaching and I walk in her class unexpectedly and she's like what are you doing here she's like hey how you doing so I got something for you and I put my book down on her desk and when I tell you this she cried in front of the whole class wow and the class is like what the hell is going these students are like who is dude <laughs> who what what are you doing so I had to say hey class my name is Alex Meacham I played for the Cincinnati Bearcats because some of them didn't know who I was, right. you know. And I said, uh, I struggled, like, you know, even passing her class. Um, but I ended up writing a book. And I thought it was important for me to share with her because she was part of that journey. And all of them were like, oh, man, that's pretty cool. Like, maybe one day I'm going to come back and do that. Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, you should. Right. So she, she, I don't even know where she, I don't think I've spoken to her in, 15 years but wow. i remember dropping that book off so um the book did very well the great thing about doing the book mm -hmm. 
was it gave me an opportunity to get in front of a lot of young people and speak. So I get invited to schools and all kind of organizations to speak because of my book. So in a non-pandemic year, I'll speak maybe 70 to 80 times to schools and different organizations. And the reason is because of that is largely because of the book, mm-hmm. which then led to the idea to for the 20th anniversary of the book to do the audiobook version. And I have to give a huge shout out to my guy, Stu Holt, for his hard work in helping execute this audiobook, which we finished recording, what, two, three weeks ago? A few weeks ago. About a few weeks ago. It wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> It definitely was. It definitely had its challenges. Yep, definitely had its. Uh, like any project that's new, it has its hidden challenges. Yep, where you're like, dang, I didn't think of this, you know, or I didn't think of that. But you know, it it, it pops up on you, but you you handle it, you know, you handle it. The the great thing about the book, the the book, I tell a lot of Bearcat stories, but I I, I intertwine stories of of my journey and my struggles mm-hmm. through basketball life at that time because you know when you're young you go through a lot of ups and downs mentally life struggles no doubt and so many of these kids today they talk about mental health issues Mm -hmm. um i think thankfully today in 2020 october i think we have a better handle on how important it is to diagnose mental health issues and, and and get these kids to come forward and say, I'm struggling. I mean, mm. Dak Prescott came out and said he was depressed right. and he had to go get help. Yeah. Um, many stars have done this. And I think it gives young people, um, it courage. makes them feel, what do you say? I said courage. It gives them the courage to go and say, you know what? Maybe I need to go get help. Yeah. Because if you don't get help and you and you hold it in, that leads to bad things yeah um and that's what i when i when we start doing the audiobook again i wrote the book 20 years ago so to kind of revisit a lot of these stories i'm like man this is good i didn't realize and i, I know i sound like i'm i'm like pat myself on the back or high-fiving myself like but there's some good stuff in that book Stu, and you were kind of blown away oh, i'm still blown away like I'd finish a chapter and you looked, you would go, this is amazing. Yeah. I, I, look, I didn't know, you know, I thought I knew. I didn't know. I didn't know that book is so uh, relevant. Yes. That's the That's thing. That's a good way to say it. It's relevant. I'm like, he's lying. He just wrote this because I'm mm. like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, man, this is so good. And I told you, like, my players, they got to listen to it. You know, they cut. If you don't listen to it, you cut. <laughs> and I'm gonna quiz you on it. I'm gonna come up with a quiz. <laughs> I'm gonna come up with a quiz, and I'm, I'm like filling the blank. It's gonna be hard too. Filling the blank, extended response. <laughs> I want some detailed responses on this book, man, because I'm like, man, this is so relevant. And yeah. with with what's going on right now, um, like I told you, man, it's like we are all 
in the middle of a walk of a lifetime. Yeah, you for know? sure. And it's relevant to coaches. It's relevant to the players. It's relevant to everybody, man. Not even just athletes, but whatever you're doing, it's a walk of a lifetime. And I was like, man, this is so powerful uh, because everybody can relate to this. And they say sports is a metaphor for life. Yeah, it's a big for metaphor sure. for life. And that book is like, it's just, it captures that phrase perfectly. Yeah. yeah. I pr- First of all, I appreciate that. And and so when we finished the audio book, I actually called one of the guys that helped in the writing process. I'll be I'll be flat out honest and upfront. I did not write that book myself. Mm-hmm. I had help. Um, you need help when you when you do things like that. Sure. And I called one of the writers that helped, and I said, Sam, this book was a or not was is amazing, and and it was almost like. I'm like, Sam, do you realize how good this book is? Like how well written and put together. It's almost like we were so we were so like into it's like somebody was um like a chef, right? You're so into the ingredients, you're putting it in and you're you're making you're baking that cake or whatever that is, and like you never eat it. And when I did the audio book, I actually ate the food we cooked. And I'm like, this is this is good. Damn, this is some good rotisserie chicken with the George. <laughs> with the George. See, the, with, with, the with a side of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like in all seriousness, I'm like, I told him, I'm like, it really, it, I, I wonder if like, like musical artists Mm. Who who make albums like you know they made a couple albums and they're so into it they're touring they're doing this and that, that they don't fully like realize the art they just created and and like years later they like either listen to the album or some some kind of epiphany happens and they're like yeah yo this is a great album yeah I mean I hear so many actors and. Oh, you know, yeah, people who are like people are like Movies. I never even really watched the show. I didn't yeah, realize that's, they just doing it. You that's know, that's a good that's a good one too. Because there are actors that don't watch the yep the, the movies they're, they're in. in. That's yep. true. That's a good one. Yep. And then they'll go back and watch and go, damn, hey. that was a good. That was good. That's that a good, good point. Yeah. I am so excited for people to hear this audio book because <laughs> think about. Like you talked about the story. The story is 20 years old. However, it's so relevant today. And think about where we are today with so much digital and technology. And people are like, okay, maybe I don't have the time to sit down and read it. Well, you can listen to it, the audio version. Mm-hmm. Um, we're working on getting hugs on it to talk a little bit. My mom and dad are going to be on it. My brother's on it kind of you know, reading their parts. I think it's, I, I'm really excited to see how the, uh, the Bearcat fans, basketball folks, young people, um, react to it. Um, I, I'm, I'm really excited. And thank you, Stu, once again, for your, your time and, and sitting through me stumble through, <laughs> uh, I, you know, one thing I'll never forget was chapter one. When we did chapter one, mm. you, you were like, this is gonna be so good. I just remember yeah. your reaction <laughs> yeah. to chapter one. You're like, yep. yo, yeah. this is gonna be Yeah. I was like, okay. Like I didn't, you know, I knew it was good, but I didn't realize like the, I just didn't realize I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't either. I didn't know. 
I did not know. I, I did I didn't either until you were like because I was I'm just reading it you know I'm trying to you know obviously have the emotion and go through it but then when I saw your reaction I'm like oh wait a minute mm-hmm. uh oh we got we got we got something here yeah so and I'm glad that we made the one of the key decisions ah you know what I'm about to say t- t- tell that because I just told that story the other day go ahead okay hopefully it's the same story I know but, it is um when we were sitting down. And you were saying like, uh, maybe I should have somebody else, you know, read it off True. and stuff like that. Yep. And because there are a lot of audiobooks where it's somebody else other than the author yep. that's reading it off. Yep. And just me personally, I, re- I listen to a lot of audiobooks. And personally, I prefer, it's gotten to the point where I will not read. I don't care how good the reviews are, mm-hmm. I don't care how good the book's supposed to be. I will not read an audio book if it's not read by the author. Mm. Because one time I was reading one, I was like, this guy don't understand the story. Yeah. He might have good oratory skills, but yep. he, I can just tell he didn't live it. Yep. yep. You know, and so I was like, man, Meet, you got you to gotta read it, man. You, it got to be did. you. You did say that. It's got to be you. And that was key because you can just hear it yeah. in the audio book yeah. that you lived it. Yep. I I agree with that now because initially I was like, ah, I'm going to reach out to Dan Horde, Terry mm-hmm. Nelson, have them read it, you mm-hmm. know, and, and get them to do it. And I remember, so you might not even remember this. We were at Seven Hills and we were in that yoga room. Yep. And and you were like, um, re- just read the, read the first paragraph. You remember this? I do. I and do. I read the first paragraph and you were like, gotta do this yeah it's gotta be your voice yeah he, he said it I, I i would not forget that you were like you you, you gotta read this yeah. no one else could read this nobody else could have did it like that and i'm like and that's when i that's when i called i called my one buddy and he was like yeah, yeah you you've, you've got to read that that was your he was like that was your blood sweat and tears and see here's another thing too i've interviewed you a couple times already. yeah yeah and one thing no no, no. three times Three times. You probably don't remember that. Three times. One time with me and Jay. Another time at that basketball court. That's third right. time with me and Jay again. That's right. That's Which right. You, it was yeah. three. Yeah, yep. three times. It was three and times. And one thing that there is nobody that can touch you in this field, and that's storytelling. Ah, uh, thank you, man. Storytelling. This dude, you, <laughs> your stories, every time I'm like, I already know the good stories. <laughs> and every time, like, you draw in, you like leaning in like, <laughs> like a little kid, you know, every time. And in my mind, I'm like, this dude tells stories so good, I well, can't imagine how he's gonna tell his own. Well, th- I'm like, this is gonna be good. Ah, uh, thank this, you. Like this, I just knew it was. I just knew it was gonna be good. I'm like, this dude is the master storyteller. And uh, thank you. So you know, you know, it's funny you say that because um, growing up, I was always fascinated. There were a couple people that would always. Um, tell stories growing up mm-hmm. and there was this there was this one guy who would tell stories and i swore whenever he told stories you could see the colors in the room mm. you could you could smell what the room smelled like like you could when he would tell it everything like you felt like you were there and i was like man if i could do that like i want to so every time i try to tell a story i try to give the people that are listening like yeah okay Here's what was going. Here was the temperature in the room. Yeah. Like you could see the breath. Like yeah. You know who you remind me of? There is an there is an there is a celebrity 
who, when I hear him tell stories, it reminds me of you. Who's that? Jamie Foxx. Really? Jamie Foxx. If you go wow. and you listen to him tell stories, like on interviews and stuff, it's like you're there. Yeah, yeah. He's... It's <sighs> like you're there. And that's, that's what you remind me of. Well, Jamie Foxx. That's high praise because Jamie Foxx might be the most talented mm-hmm. person yep. in the world. Like, yep. if you really look look at the movies he's done, yep. I can't wait to see the Mike Tyson movie. But that's the one. That's the, he, was, he was talking about that. He was telling that story, man. And even the people interviewing him was like, oh, man, we want to see it now. You didn't. Yeah. Because when you think of Mike Tyson, you're like, Jamie Foxx? Right. No, Jamie Foxx. But then when you hear him like explain how he sat down with Mike, and you're like, wait, 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 wait. I, we can't we can't doubt Jamie Foxx at this point when he played Ray Charles that was like that was so masterful um his ability he can sing he can imitate people he could yeah he's his yeah. memory is insane like yeah, he's a he's a unbelievable special talent who I think doesn't get enough credit in the landscape of oh, for sure how talented he is for sure this's been fun man we've talked about a lot of stuff we did I'm, I'm not even sure how I'm going to promote this one. This yeah. is like, uh, there's a lot of shit. So <laughs> just go listen. <laughs> just a, listen, there's a lot of shit on episode 62. Oh, we're going to be talking. Um, but no, mm. just to, just to kind of recap real quick, Stu. Um, mm-hmm. First off, uh, I got some TikTok dance videos coming. Okay. Yes. We got to make sure we put that out there. Absolutely. Um, it's if, the most important part of this whole thing. Mo- by far the most important thing. <laughs> if, because um, women, Trump didn't, he didn't ban TikTok he yet, did he? He didn't do okay. it. All right, he so didn't do I want to make sure. Just for you. He probably found a way to make some money off of it. That's oh, what of it course. was. He's like, ooh, I know how I could yeah. make a quick meal. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, if the if the NBA does the bubble uh, tournament next year, um, I'm gonna get a percentage of that because it was my idea and so yeah, got we got proof. Him. It's right here. It's right here. Yeah. Um, can't wait. Next time we're gonna announce um what we're doing for high school area mm-hmm. basketball players Absolutely. which it kind of ties into a lot of things we've talked about yes okay so yes. we got some in our bag for that one Good. um thank you once again for for all the listeners who've pushed us beyond uh 50, 000, i think in season two uh we'll definitely do more than fifty thousand, and we'll be in the hundred thousandth for um hits on the podcast so thank you and and and, and shout out to all the former players who've come on and mm-hmm. told their story. And in some cases, some of these guys have told things about themselves that they've never told, um, very vulnerable um, and very honest with uh, what happened with their journey. So shout out to them. Um, <clears throat> once again, season two is underway. Uh, we'll release this one on Wednesday, or the com- it's coming out this Wednesday. Uh, we'll have an interview, I think, next Wednesday. Um, and then we'll kind of figure out, once I figure out when the season's going to start, I'll probably jump in and talk in a little bit more about the team, uh, this year's ba- Bearcat basketball team. Also remember uh, my interview with John Brandon for Talbert House Fatherhood Project out October 15th. I'll make sure I'll put that out on social media. And then the Walk of a Lifetime audiobook coming December, right around Christmas time. Good. I think that'd be a great Christmas gift for folks. Very Stu. good. Very good gift. Yep. 
You can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and IG at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham is spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. Also on Snapchat at Big Meach 41. You know I'm dancing on TikTok now. Good. TikTok. You know, um, Stu, before we get out of here, mm-hmm. um, we do have to shout out somebody that's in the room. Yes. That uh Yes. We haven't really uh shout out. He's kind of aboard the team. He's he's mm-hmm. uh he's putting in some two cents with a lot of things. He's gonna be working on a lot of projects with us. Yes. Shout out to the one and only the Did we see that? <laughs> <laughs> That just came to me. The Colin Cruz. Colin? Co- Colin, come over here. Yeah, get, come through. Get, get, come, you, you can take take my mic. Tell everybody who you are, what school you went to and all that. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, yeah, my name is Colin. I just graduated You have a from, great uh, video voice, too, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> he, cha- he changed up because, hold on, before he came on, he's like, hey, man, you know, I'm just chilling out. And Hi, this is Colin. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Well, not my radio voice, but um, I just graduated <laughs> from uh, the University of Kentucky uh, this last year. Uh, major Wildcats. In, well, I'm a Wildcat. Majors in broadcast. Wait a minute, are you a fan of Coach Cal? Oh, of course. Okay. Oh, yeah, I love Cal. I've been a, been a fan all my life. My dad raised me on uh, UK basketball. Well, he raised you wrong, unfortunately. He should have raised you a Bearcat fan, but I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Cal. Cal, you're still a good guy. Well, I try my best. But, yeah, I mean, I bleed blue, and uh, I'm excited to help you guys out and see what else uh, we have in store. High school. I, oh, I went to Highlands High School here in uh, Fort Thomas, close to close to Cincinnati, right yep. across the river. Uh, so yeah, I'm Bluebird, so uh, bleed blue there as well. And, so. Isn't it true? Uh, isn't the nickname the Cake Eaters? They do call us the Cake Eaters. Yeah. I'm, I'm why, why do you call them the Cake Eaters? That's a great question. Um, I think they used to give out cake at the football games, but they don't really do that anymore. Damn, so. I come to the game. I love cake. Maybe they should bring that back then, right? They should. That's a. I, that's a, I, I've always heard that the Cake Eaters. I'm like, what the. What is that? What, what is that cake eater? But that's a little fascinating things. Like all these little schools have these little these little things, and you're mm-hmm. always like, "What? The, what does that mean?" People yeah. are like, "I don't know." All right. <laughs> so apparently they gave out cake. They, they should start doing that again after the pandemic. I think so. Maybe, yeah, might want to wait after uh, after everything gets uh, a little safer. But yeah, thanks for all your help. You're gonna be helping out on a lot of these projects. I'm excited. And thanks for having me. You're welcome. And you're wearing Jordan fours. Yes, sir. So he you is. are you are doing it right, buddy. Jays. Hey, do you think you want to do this uh, juicing thing that I do? The just drinking juice for a week. Ah, uh, I, f- I feel like I'd have to like uh, condition myself to uh, be ready for that. So but, that means uh, no. Okay, Colin, thank you very much. <laughs> he said, uh, I, gotta, <laughs> I think I'm going to have to condition myself. <laughs> hey, folks, I want to. <laughs> folks, I want to tell you. Before he came on, he wasn't talking like that. Like he went straight into a different voice. I was like, Stu and I looked at each other like, wait, what? I think I'm going to have to condition myself (laughs) for such for such for such a daunting task. (laughs) This boy got an accent. No, Colin, oh, we're, we're glad to have you aboard helping out. You're gonna do. You've done fantastic things. You're gonna continue to do uh, fantastic things with us. So, I appreciate it. Yep, yep, all good. Stu, <clears throat> any parting good. words you want to have before we uh, sign off? Um, you know, just excited about everything that's going on. All of the great things that we have in store. Um, definitely some exciting projects. So, um, I'm excited about it. Great things are coming. I'm glad that the mics are working. Ooh wee. <laughs> This this podcast started about an hour late yep. because we had one of the most ghostly like situations. We, the the two mics 
I, I we can't even explain this. Can't even explain it. That might be another. That might be. An, but the mics are working now. It's so like some paranormal activity. It was very, very strange. Well, yeah. But we we are here. We're here. And I'm excited to get season two rocking and rolling, and um, getting a lot of hits, getting a lot of listeners. Hopefully, not only in the greater Cincinnati area, but around the country, and also around the world. Mm. I'm excited for that. And I want to thank everybody for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go, Go Bearcats! Bearcats. <laughs> <laughs>